0: I want you to go with me over to Second Timothy chapter 1 and look at this verse that you're very familiar with, but how am going believe in God to give you a new revelation on it. Because the real enemy today in the world and the real enemy against the church of Jesus Christ is not a pathogen, it's the spirit of fear. enemy has been far more successful infecting God's people with fear than he has with COVID. And at the outset, I just want to say to you, in an balance of things over the long haul, the spirit of fear is much more deadly to the believer than any kind of pathogen. But 2 Timothy 1, 7, I want you to just shout this out loud with me. For God, God has not has given, us given us a spirit, spirit of, fear. of fear. So that's what He didn't give us. So if you have it, you know where you didn't get it from. Say this, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Say it again. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. In other words, He didn't give us the fear, but He gave us a different kind of spirit. A spirit marked by power, and love, and a sound mind. I mean, He talked about this last week. The presence of fear is the absence of power. That fear will rob you of God's power, And how many know we need His power more now than ever before? Uh, We just can't be found without power, like religion or going through the motions. Also, the presence of fear is the absence of love. We know, according to the Word of God, the Apostle John said that perfect love does what to fear? Casts it out. So if fear is present, we're not being perfected in what? In other words, you'll either be walking in love or in fear. You'll find out that whenever we step out of love, all kinds of fears and all the things that trail behind fear will manifest in us and through us. We also see here the presence of fear is the absence of sound thinking or biblical thinking. There is no way to have a whole mind. There's no way to have, you know, a sound thinking, biblical thinking when fear is present. So what we want to do is, is be sure, and remind ourselves of who we are and what we are. We're not people of a spirit of fear. We're people of what? Faith. Faith and spirit of power and of love. And a sound mind. We've not been given the spirit of fear, but a spirit that produces power, a spirit that produces love, and a spirit that produces a sound mind. Say that with me. My mind is whole and functioning the way God designed it. Amen. Notice what I said the other day, that uh, if you're walking in fear, you're closer to the fall in the garden than you are to the redemption Jesus has provided for us through his blood. And how many you know we should be several thousand years on the other side of this thing? He died 2,000 years ago, so we ought to be getting some revelation on this, not cowering in some bush because of fear manifesting in our lives. Go to Numbers 13, if you would, and you can follow along in your translation as I read it from the message, verse 32 and 33. You know the story of 12 spies who went out at Moses' command to look into the land that God had promised, You also know that 10 came back with what? A negative report or a bad report. And Joshua and Caleb came back with a we can do what God told us to do kind of report. But listen to how the message put this. And this is why this is so dangerous. There's no such thing as a spiritual vacuum. You and I are either developing, cultivating, walking in a spirit of fear, or we're cultivating and walking in a spirit of faith. There is no other option. Speaking of verse 32 from the message, but the others said, we can't attack those people. They're way stronger than we are. And listen to the way the the message renders this and see if this doesn't resonate with you tonight. They they spread scary rumors among the people. Does that not sound like today's world? They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other it's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. Why, we even saw the Nephilim giants, the Antic giants that came from the Nephilim. Alongside them, we felt like grasshoppers, and they looked down on us as if we were grasshoppers. Now, God's Word for today said they spread lies. Do you know that if you're not talking God's Word, you're spreading lies? That's true. Right? You may not feel that way. Well, you know, God just doesn't heal anymore. That's a lie. That's God just doesn't care about me. That's a lie. God didn't make me righteous, that's a lie. If you're talking contrary to the revealed Word of God, you're doing the same thing they did. God said, you're going to go in, you're going to spy out the land, you're going to take your inheritance, and they came back talking contrary to that, which means they were, in fact, spreading lies. It's a very good translation, actually, of that phrase, God's Word for Today. Um, the Good News translation says they spread a false report. The ESV says they brought a bad report, but I kind of like they spread scary rumors. Turn to somebody and tell them, stop spreading scary rumors. Come on, say it. I don't do that. Say it with me. I spread the spirit of faith, not scary rumors. Now, I contrast that with 2 Corinthians 4.13. You can turn there if you want to. I'm going to read this from the King James Version. 2 Corinthians 4.13, direct contradiction to what was going on in Numbers 13. We having the same spirit of faith. How about a big shout for the Lord tonight? We, we having what? The same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Instead of the lies, the spirit of faith spreads the truth. Not spreading scary rumors, but spreading what? The truth of the Word of God. Now, what's interesting is this: the Scripture points out that whatever uh, we're believing, it's going to come out of our mouth. So if deep down inside we're walking in fear and we're receiving the scary reports and we're a victim of the spreading of the scary rumors, that's what's going to come out of us. Now listen to this in Numbers 14, verse 24, speaking of... What Caleb's spirit was like. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I'll bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Now we know that those that spread the report did not go in. We do know that those that had a spirit of faith did go in. Even at 80 something years old, Caleb said, I am well able to take my mountain. Do you know what was still there when he got back? All the giants, all the obstacles, everything, and probably it was worse all those years later than it was at that time. Did that bother him? No, No, because that tells us that after all those years, despite living among all that doubt, fear, and unbelief, he still had a spirit of faith about him. I don't care who's around you, you can set the tone. You can set the atmosphere by walking in, developing in the spirit of faith. So the Bible says that he wholeheartedly followed him. He had a different spirit. We know that's a spirit of faith. A different spirit will follow God wholeheartedly, and guess what the wholehearted of the people will get, they'll get the inheritance. So you can see the spirit of faith is directly attached to everything God has good planned for you in this life. Amen, You're not going to get it with a spirit of fear. You're going to get the inheritance with the spirit of faith. So everyone is spreading something. Amen? I mean, this isn't uh, unusual when you were growing up and people talked ugly about each other. Maybe we were in seventh or eighth grade or even last year or whatever the case might be. <laughs> isn't, that what, isn't that what we call it? So-and-so spreading rumors? That's exactly what they were doing. And what you and I need to be is different about that. In other words, everybody is spreading something and we only spread what we're infected with you do not spread the measles if you have the chicken pox. And if you have the spirit of fear, guess what you're going to spread? Now, you can doll it up all religiously, you know, you can make it look right, and kind of sound half the part, you know, and hang around religious people. But at the end of the day, what are you going to impart to others? Whatever you've been infected with, that's what you're going to spread to other people. That's why this has been so effective. Because it's not just been the media and the politicians it's not been the duplicitous National Institutes of Health or the CDC. It's just like, you know, when the music stops, find the narrative. We never know what it's going to be. What's happened is other people of faith have picked up on this stuff, and they've begun to amplify and spread this stuff. And you didn't make up your mind, you're going to be a voice of faith in this nonsense. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to be a voice of faith and not fear in other words, it's not going to benefit you or those that hear you for you to infect them with fear. We need a massive infection of faith in this nation. From the top of this nation down to every little community, every little village. If we have the spirit of fear, that's what we're going to spread. If we truly have the spirit of faith tonight, that's what we're going to spread. Amen? Amen. Say it with me my faith. I have, I have. And I'm growing in. The spirit of faith, not fear. The spirit of faith appropriates the blessings of God, advances and releases them, while the spirit of fear appropriates the curse, advances and releases. You and I are called to bless. But we can't be people that bless if we're bound by the spirit of fear. Say, I'm called to bless. It's it's kind of like this. um, Deep in your heart, how many want to advance and release the blessing? I mean, who gets up and says, you know what, I'm a Christian, but I'd really rather just advance the curse today. But that's what you're advancing if you're walking in a spirit of fear, knowingly or unknowingly. Job 3.25, this is a scripture for you to meditate upon and think deeply about. I mentioned the other day that uh, you know, Job would sacrifice habitually, incessantly, because he was afraid, Say so he was afraid his kids were doing stupid things and opening up the door to their own destruction. So he wouldn't sacrifice in faith or honor. He'd sacrifice in what? In the same way people tithe sometimes in the body of Christ, and the same way some people come to church because they're in fear, not faith. And so the Scripture says in verse 25, For the thing which I greatly feared is what? has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. I want to challenge you, don't underestimate the truth and impact of this piece of Scripture. Fear always brings destructive consequences. Always. People are at their worst when they're afraid. Nations are there at their worst when they're what? When they're afraid. They can't function at their best. Your family can't function. You can't function at your best when you are walking in fear. And this just points out to you that just like faith, uh, fear will attract things into your life. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Now, how do you want to attract the good things into your life? I remember when uh, my brother-in-law Ben was delivered from, you know, a, a needle heroin addict. The night that he should have died, he had enough heroin in the system to kill a horse. If it had been for the prayer of his mother and his brother, um, he wouldn't have survived that night. But instead of dying, he ended up on the sidewalk outside Lakewood Church and he got saved. His testimony is the Lord literally appeared to him and saved him, baptized him in the Holy Ghost and delivered him from drugs instantly. There was no methadone, there was no withdrawal, nothing like that. It's a supernatural deliverance of God and raised him up to meet, uh, you know, to reach people just, just like him. Now, I point that out to tell you this, that, uh, you know, you and I have to make up our mind, you know, what kind of legacy we want to have, what kind of impact we want to have. Amen. And I want to encourage you to, to be people that, you know, are, are reaching people and ministering to people from a position of faith. Say it will be the spirit. spirit. Say it again, the spirit, spirit. of faith, of faith. Not, fear. not fear. And I remember, uh, you know, talking to him because, of course, uh, he decided to propose to my sister. And uh, Ben was a uh, severely racist individual. And um, so one of the things the Lord did is uh, send him down into uh, you know, New Orleans in uh, you know, strong African-American communities, and that's where he was told to serve and reach out. And by the time he left that community to go somewhere else, he fell in love with the African-American community in America. Then the Lord told him to go to another group of people he said he hated, couldn't stand you know, Mexicans, and so God sent him into heavily populated areas uh, you know, of Latinos, and his testimony is, he came out loving you know people. Of course, his, his uh, outlaw biker gang you know was was connected to some of those groups. The other group he said he hated were Yankees. <laughs> and so to to deal with that, he made him marry one from Illinois. Yeah, and so and he also hated cats, and she had cats that came with a package. Amen. <laughs> And uh, he tells this story from the platform of the motorcycle rally around 1996-97. And that motorcycle rally was beamed into every prison in the state of Texas through Mike Barber's ministry of the NFL, former player for the Houston Oilers. And Brother Copeland put dishes in every single one of those prisons. And the only thing they could watch was Christian television. And that night, thousands of inmates got saved of that testimony where he talked about God delivering him from prejudice and racism and how he tells it. And it's actually hilarious, you know, the way he tells it. You know, but my point to you today is that, uh, you know, you and I are, are going to attract things into our lives. And one of the first conversations I had with him, he said, you know what, all my life I've had nothing but bad things. I don't want any more bad things. I'm going to start attracting good things into my life. And it hit me then and it hits me tonight. You and I have a lot to say about that, whether we're walking in what? Fear or faith. Say it with me. I have the spirit of faith. Come on, say it. I'm done with the bad things. I want Bible things. Amen. I want good things from a good God. But you can't attract those walking in fear. Fear does not move the hand of God. Do you know that? Pity does not move the hand of God. He doesn't move because he feels sorry for you. He moves because you give him something to work with. That thing is called the spirit of faith. So I uh, I read this uh, in Brother Copeland's devotional, and I've heard him say this live as well. The only hope is faith in Jesus Christ, but the majority of Christians don't know how to live by faith. If I could just uh, poll Christians today in this nation of all different backgrounds and faiths, they might even admit they're walking in fear well, what they don't know how to do is walk in faith. Because the extent of their faith training was have faith in Jesus, get saved, and then live church, you know, have potlucks, whatever, and then die and have a preacher do your ceremony, and that's the end of it. They've never been told about the spirit of faith. They don't know how to walk by faith. That's why it's so critical at this juncture that you get every kind of teaching you can on the spirit of faith in your spirit. And you live this out boldly, for others can see it. And when they they ask you, and they will, you know, tell me about this. You'll be able to explain to them what it is. It's not just getting saved; that's the starting point. Say it with me: It's a lifestyle. lifestyle. The just shall what? Live by faith. You'd be hard pressed to find anything in the Word of God that repeats itself four times. And that's exactly what the Bible says about this concept: The just shall what? Live by faith, not just get saved by faith, but after you get saved, live by faith. That's how we operate, by the spirit of faith. And when we see fear trying to creep in and all of its little imps, all of its little manifestations, we just shut the door and say, no, that's my former life. That person is dead and buried. I'm not living that way anymore. The spirit of fear is more widespread than COVID. No question about it. It kills way more than the body The spirit of uh, fear Lasts longer than any pathogen That's ever been discovered on this planet It requires a very specific antidote The word of God The inoculation actually works though (laughs) We're not going to come back and say Well you know you need another Bible And you need another Bible. And another Bible. Another jab of Paul. Another jab of Peter. No, when you get delivered, guess what? I sought the Lord. Amen. And he heard me. He delivered me from what? All my fears. How many of them? How many believe in God for all of those fears to dispense from your life? Yes, amen. It just doesn't lessen the symptoms. You're either walking in fear or you're walking in a fight. Spirit of fear spreads faster than any pathogen, and its method of transmission is the mouth. <laughs> Sneezing in a coffin, droplets here, droplets there, so you're spreading COVID, guess what? That's how you spread the spirit of fear, with the mouth. Far more deadly than COVID will ever be. Because it will disrupt everything. It will destroy families. Amen. It will destroy your health. It will destroy your finances. It will destroy your dreams. It will destroy everything that God wants to bless in your life if you don't get a handle on it. And the devil is sitting back laughing tonight because the whole country thinks this is about a pathogen. To the devil, it's about injecting the spirit of fear into everybody he possibly can, including Christians. And how many of you think we ought to know by now, we ought to know better by now? But you'd be amazed. how I many it's still functioning this way. And they're completely controlled and inundated and dominated by this thing. And, uh, you know, you can, you can say these things, but until someone recognizes it in their own life and says, I'm tired of walking and living this way, nothing is going to change. So part of the assignment tonight, we're going to talk more about this uh, situation in the book of Numbers. But part of the assignment tonight is to explain to you how the spirit of fear is like the spirit of faith. This is why these things, are, it's so important for you to understand how they work because you're either operating in one or the other right now. Say, well, I'm an exception. No, you're not an exception. I live above that. No, you don't. I live in a vacuum. No, neither one touched my life. No, you're in one or you're in the other. You might want to jot these down and just kind of encourage yourself. First of all, both come by hearing. Both. Jason Duplantis said it like this The ear is the organ of response. It's where orders are heard and the choice to obey is made. Write this down. This is what this means. You're infected with the spirit of faith or the spirit of fear through the ears. You're infected with the spirit of faith or the spirit of fear through your ears. That's why I don't recommend you catch the governor's press conference every single day. Or the health systems that are releasing how many people have got it, how many people are going through this. You know, is that going to do anything to produce faith in you? No. It doesn't mean you close your eyes and stop praying for people and stop, you know, fighting this thing. At the same time, if you're going to build your faith, you're going to have to make sure the right thing is coming in. Now, we know this scripture. What does Romans 10, 17 say? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by what? By the Word. Well, fear comes by hearing, hearing things other than the Word of God. And have you noticed there are more other things in the world than the Word than there are things associated with the Word? So the likelihood of being infected with fear is very, very high. Just walking around this world, you're going to see it and you're going to hear it everywhere. That's why you've got to take a preemptive strike and make sure that you're filling your ears with things that are going to build your faith. And I would say this about the spirit of faith or the spirit of fear. Neither one is static. I like to say I got to the threshold and it's permanent now. And you ever have to be concerned about being infected with fear because I've arrived. Turn to somebody and tell them you have not arrived. It's not static. So both come by hearing. The ear is the organ of response. It's where orders are heard and the choice of obedience is made. How am you want to obey God? Remember what Abba Father means? It means my dad, by relationship with his son Jesus Christ, manifested by my obedience. I don't get to call him Abba Father if I'm not going to obey him. If we just want it to be a worship term, we're missing the whole point you can 't worship the Lord and then ignore what He has said in His word. do you know the, the, the some of the strongest language in the New Testament is reserved for people who think they 're right with God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say and then he goes on to talk about the two kinds of foundations and the crashing of the house because the foundation was built on sand. The foundation is, is on sand because you hear something, but you never get around to doing what? Doing what it says, which is an indicator that faith is not really operating in your life. I mean, we the thought of that, uh, someone who's saved but never made him Lord, and Jesus saying, I don't know you, that's pretty severe. In fact, Jesus said these words, you know, You prophesy in my name. You do miracles in my name. He said, depart from me. I never knew you. You can do works for him. You can give messages in his name. The question is, is he Lord? That's the little darling in the modern church. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Yes, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. Do you do everything he tells you to do? Do you stop doing everything he tells you to stop doing? Is he really Lord over your life? That's why the Bible says that straight is the way. Narrow is the way. Amen. Say, I'm going to take the narrow way. In other words, if you haven't really made him Lord, you're conning yourself about your salvation. And in the Overcomers Club, it shouldn't be this quiet. You should be in a position to give a hearty amen. Amen. A hearty amen. Amen. A hearty amen. Amen. Because he's Savior and what? Lord Lord to you. Which means you don't get to self-direct your life. But I want to go over here. Doesn't matter. I want to live in this town. Doesn't matter. I want to live in this kind of environment. It doesn't matter. What matters is what the Lord is telling you to do. Amen. And He's merciful. If you want to, He'll let you. Amen. His Spirit will be telling you, and God will be speaking through His Word, and people you put into your life to to guide you and counsel and love on you and help you. You know, we'll all be saying the same thing, but you don't have to listen to any of that. You can still self-direct your life. But don't expect the full measure of the blessing of God self-directing your life. He never promised to bless your plan. He promised to do what? Bless his. In fact, Deuteronomy 28 tells us this. Amen. If we are what? Hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord our God, all these blessings will what? Come upon us and overtake us. In the process of doing what you're told to do, you'll be most blessed. So the spirit of fear is like the spirit of faith because both come by hearing. The ear is the organ of response. It's where the infection takes place. Jesse was talking about this. He went to see a doctor because Kathy made him. And he was a heart doctor. And he said, uh, said, what's the most important organ in your body? And Jesse said, the ear. And he said, what? (laughs) He expected him to say the heart. And that's when he told him that. He said... He said, the ear is the organ of response. And the doctor goes, would you say that again? <laughs> it's the organ of response. And if you think about it, for the believer, yeah, we all need a blood pump that works. Amen. But if we're not hearing and obeying, we're not. We're not living the best version of our life here. Amen. Number two, both attract things. Spirit of faith faithful attract life and blessing. The spirit of fear will attract death and curse and problems and issues. All the things associated with the curse you'll attract with fear. Um, you see this? They both attract things. I mean, you want to attract Bible things into your life? I mean, the price it was paid, just because you paid the price and because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're going to attract those things. If you're a Christian who's walking around in fear, you're not going to attract what God wants for you. Number three, both are spirits, which means there's an atmosphere about us when we have the spirit of faith or the spirit of fear. The spirit realm, it's in the spirit realm, and it actually impacts the natural realm. But notice that these are spirits. These are things that cause an atmosphere about us. How uh, I many understand this world needs to see you and me walking around in an atmosphere of faith? Yes. A can-do attitude. Yes. Amen. Uh, take somebody who's pessimistic and negative and critical and belligerent, they don't even realize it, but they're walking in fear. They set themselves up, you know, for example, to be the critic of the church, you know, and the corrector of the church, thinking they got God's position. And what's really going on is a manifestation of fear there. Because you know what faith does? Faith builds up. Faith encourages. Faith says you can do it, you can make it. Amen? Faith says I'm for you, not against you. Faith tells them what God has for them. It's very important you get this. Both are spirits. You're either putting off faith or you're putting off fear. And didn't Jesus talked about this, and Paul mentioned this specifically, that, uh, you know, in Christ we have the aroma, amen, a certain smell. Look at somebody and say, how do you smell tonight? you smell like faith? Or do you smell like fear? Amen. Is it death? Is it life? Is it victory? Is it peace? Is it joy? Is it despair? Everybody here has an aroma. Amen. Glory to God. And I'm not talking about your essential oils either. I'm talking about something much deeper than that. Number four, both are exclusive. You can have one or the other, but not both. And there is no vacuum. When you unplug from one, you plug into the other one. If you plug into faith, you unplug from fear. If you plug into fear, you unplug from faith. They are completely exclusive. There is no one in the body of Christ, there is no one on this planet that is operating in anything but a spirit of fear or a spirit of faith. Amen. What's God calling us to do? Go deeper. Amen. We guard our hearts, amen, guard our ears so that we're not infected with fear. Number five, both are found in two places, the heart and the mouth. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We get infected in the ear and then it goes into the heart, doesn't it? And after a while, you know, rolling around in that heart, what happens to it? If it gets in your ear then gets into your spirit, it's going to come out of your mouth And on the heels of what comes out of your mouth, that's where the manifestation is going to be. You'll get manifestation of fear instead of manifestation of faith. So you can see how the spiritual forces are are similar in how they work. It's just that, uh, you know, if you're born again in spirit field and you've been in the Word of God, it's time to draw the line here, people, and root out every remnant of fear in your life. Don't joke about it. Don't go around confessing your fears. Well, I'm this and I'm that. Get serious about it. Because you may not think it's a big deal, but it is a limiting factor in your life. And watch this. It's not just limiting for you because you're infected with fear. You're going to infect other people with it as well. Amen. You see this with, with, uh, you know, children and parents. If the parents are walking around in fear, what happens? Kids. But boy, if they're walking around in confidence and peace and joy and the Holy Ghost, guess what happens? it spreads to the kids as well. That atmosphere spreads to them as well. So both are found in two places, the heart and the mouth after the infection in the ear. Number six, both have a similar pathway. I want you to go to Matthew 14 to to see this. Say it with me. They have the same pathway. When you're in Matthew 14, say, I am there. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And cried out in fear. You see how quickly we can believe it's a ghost, not believe it's the Lord. Why? This is classic spirit of fear. You're going to bend that way mentally and look for something that's supernatural, but not something that's supernaturally attached to what is good, what is right, what is wholesome. That's just the way things work. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage It is I. don't be afraid. Why? Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word. They were already infected with what? Fear, now they need to be infected again with what? Faith. With faith. how many of you would believe that these guys have been hanging around him long enough to have more faith in this? It is what it is. How do you say that sometimes you've been hanging around the Lord long enough to have faith and not fear? And yet it crops up its ugly head. Take courage, it is I don't be afraid, Lord if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. One word to infect him with faith. Some of y'all think you need a 50-part message series. One word. That's why one word from God can change your life forever. One word from the devil can do the same. One word. He says, come. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water. And it doesn't really mention here what the other disciples were thinking or saying at this point. But I can imagine they're not cheering for him. And he literally, watch this, he walked on the water and came toward Jesus. He's actually doing this. Off of what? One word. That's how powerful the spirit of faith is when it's operating correctly. One word. But when he saw the wind, he was what? Here comes the spirit of fear. And beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Aren't you glad he's there to save you even when you fail? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and called him. You of little faith, he said, why did you what? Now, you see this? You slipped out of faith, slipped into fear, and you drew the consequences of the fear. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Did you catch this? Those that were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. And Peter looks over at them all and says, that's easy for you all to say. Bunch of wimps, and then see you come out there. (laughs) When they crossed over, they landed at Genesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all the sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched him were what? Healed. Say, he's still a healer, he's still a restorer, he's a good God. I mentioned to you that both have a similar pathway, the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. The fear pathway goes like this. Number one, focus. Focus on what? Circumstances. Number two, the product is fear. And number three, the result is failure. Every single time. The focus was on circumstances. He saw what was going on with the wind. He saw what was going on with the waves. And there's the entry point. Fear rose up, and you failed. How many you like to see more success this year, more victory this year, more triumph this year? The faith pathway is similar, but its focus is different. The faith pathway, the focus is on the Word. And the Spirit, of course, is faith. And instead of failing, we flourish. I love how the Scripture says, and Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, that he wants their faith to flourish and notes that their faith was flourishing. Say that with my faith. is flourishing. But see, these pathways are completely identical. You're going to focus on either the Word or something else. You're going to produce a spirit of faith or a spirit of fear, and you're either going to produce failure or flourishing in your life. Notice what you do it's where you focus. And I like to tell you that there's never going to be any storms, never any difficulties, no challenges or troubles. You're going to live in a vacuum until Jesus comes. But that's not the case. You have to make a decision at that moment. Am I going to continue to focus on the word come or am I going to focus on the circumstances? Am I going to focus on what God has shared in my heart and showed me from his word or am I going to focus on everything that's trying to stop God's plan in my life? You've got to make up your mind. See, it's a decision. Say it with me, I choose faith. Over fear. The pathway is identical. And number seven, they both infect the air around them. The problem and it's not a body that's infected, it's a spirit that's infected. And a spiritual infection is a million times worse than a bodily infection. And then now whatever you have, faith or fear, that's what's going to infect others around you. Um we have to make up our mind that we're going to be people, what? Of faith. So look at this. What are you going to do? You're going to focus on the Word of God. We don't pretend the storms aren't out there. No one's sitting in the church saying COVID's not real, it doesn't exist, you know, people aren't getting sick, people are not dying. We're not saying that. We're saying we're going to choose to focus on what God said and spread faith instead of fear. If we all just jump on the bandwagon, and just operate in fear, how are we helping anything? We're making things much, much worse. So the spirit of fear in operation is like the spirit of faith. The difference is, of course, what you receive in your ear, what you focus on in terms of your eyes, and what eventually, of course, comes out of your mouth. How do you want to flourish rather than fail? Come on, say it. My faith faith grows grows. exceedingly. Say it like this. My faith faith is is flourishing. Say it again, my faith faith is is flourishing, flourishing. 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 You're not like the ten, you're like the two. Amen? Caleb had a different spirit. You have that spirit. Amen? Joshua had a can-do attitude. They were different. and This is what made them different. And I'm telling you, this is the same thing that made every great man and woman of God down through time different. Uh, some of the circumstances that, that our forefathers and foremothers you know, put up with in, in ancient times and contemporary times, to see what people during World War II went through, to see what those were the target of the Nazi persecution went through, who would never throw their faith down and would not get into fear. I mean, I think about, you know, I think about uh, others that were actually used of God to protect lives and save lives. And the story is just now starting to come out about some of these people that saved hundreds and some saved thousands. Uh, and that's remarkable, but they didn't do it by walking around in fear of what would happen to them if they got caught. They, they knew what the, what the possibility was, but guess what? Their faith was strong, and they did what they could do. And that's what we need to be right now. But a lot of people are pinned down with fear, and all it took was this. Now, you know, I don't want to sound flippant about it, but I do want to remind you that in terms of its makeup, what we're dealing with is a supercharged common cold. And it's coming out. God is going to pull the curtain back and explain exactly who did this, why they did it, and who had culpability on our side of the ocean in terms of covering this thing up. It's not, you're not going to hide anything in the last days. Little chit-chat in the back rooms and little deals that were made, it's all going to come out. But fundamentally, the entire body of Christ is being pinned down by the common cold. It's exactly why it was chosen to give it gain of function. And that gain of function was to make people sick and die. That's what the gain of function was. That's how biological weapons are designed to do. They're designed to be common, and then when they're exposed, you expose people to it, it does far worse than its original derivative would do. So was no accident. It didn't come from a pig or a rat, a goat or any kind of other animal. It came from some wicked-hearted men and women is where it came from. And it's designed to kill. Well, I can tell you something. The... the it may be able to to go after and attack the body and affect people physically, but it will never be as strong as the spirit of faith. It will never overcome the faith of God's people. Amen? Because we're not just physical. But if we yield to it, then we compromise every dimension of our lives for this thing. So it's time to stand up like you never have before. Every single day, you get up. I curse that thing in Jesus' name. I curse that disease. There has not been enough authority exercised by the body of Christ. Some ministers and prayer teams have done this, but you, as a child of God, need to get up and say, "You know what? It's not coming now my dwelling. It's not coming near my town. It's going out of the hospital in Jesus' name." And use your authority. Who am I? I tell you, you are. You're born again, spirit filled. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? There are a lot of people that are Christians, but they're walking in the spirit of fear. The only thing going to come out of them is fear. You're uniquely situated to address things head on. I love what Jerry Jerusalem said years ago, faith doesn't pretend, it attacks. Come on, say faith, faith. doesn't pretend, it, doesn't pretend. It, attacks. it attacks. You don't pretend you don't have something, that's not faith. You understand the difference. You take the word of God and you attack that thing. And there's a rock here of disease or a rock of poverty or a rock of oppression. You take the sword and you strike it. You, you can't strike something you pretend is not there. That's right. It's there. It just doesn't have a right to stay. That's right. Amen. Amen. Is it stubborn? Yeah. But it's designed to do what it's doing. I'd like to sit here and tell you that there is a vaccine for the common cold. But if there was, they would have discovered it a long, 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 long time ago. That's how you can have a ship of sailors on the USS Milwaukee, and they're all vaxxed, they're all boosted, and then there's a breakout on the ship. You better be people of faith. Say it with me, I'm a faith person. Come on, say it, I am a faith person. Say, I'm a faith person and I take authority over this thing in Jesus' name. Come on, close your eyes, lift your hand and shout out, saying, in Jesus' name. I don't have a spirit of fear. I don't spread fear. I have a spirit of faith. I spread faith everywhere I go. And in faith, I take authority over this disease. I command you to die and not live I command you to die and not mutate in Jesus name get out of our church get out of our town get out of our state get out of our nation get out of this world in Jesus name I have the spirit of faith and in Jesus name I have authority as a child of God say it with me no fear here Come on, say, no fear. fear. How much? How much? How much? No fear fear. here. Amen. 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 And use it every single day. And then by doing so, we become part of the solution. And instead of part of the problem where people are actually, watch this, fear is faith perverted. People are actually faithing things into them. You don't want to be like that. You fight to good a fight of faith. If something comes against you or somebody you love, you, you fight. Amen? Having done all to stand, what do you do? You stand. But the way we can fight is by making sure that we're operating in a spirit of faith. What a great man of God Caleb is. Amen? See everything you saw and stay the course. Turn to somebody and say, just like Caleb, I'm going to stay the course. Say so again, I'm gonna stay the course. I have a spirit of faith. I miss Wilma in the next several months will be going systematically through the principles of faith, and I encourage you to, to feast on it. Amen. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. Amen. Glory to God. Get infected every Sunday <laughs> with more and more faith. Amen. That's what we need. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap and thank him tonight.